0: Welcome to Whores Talk Horror. We're not really whores. We just like wordplay.
1: Hello and welcome to Whores Talk Horror.
0: I'm Sharon. And I'm Melinda. And this is our December Tidbits of Terror episode. Play that music, Spencer. Tidbits of terror.
2: Terror tidbits. Tidbits of terror. Terror tidbits.
0: Roar! <laughs> Thank you to the real Santa Claus, the uber-talented Carrie weeder for our Tidbits of Terror theme song. In this episode, we have a list of winter horror movies to watch to help chase away those winter blues. Uh, a few new Discovery Plus documentaries. Uh, one is about a very important topic that we covered on a recent episode. Uh, we give a rundown of our favorite and least favorite horror movies of 2021 and much, much more. Please join us on what sadly maybe our last tidbits of terror episode huh if you didn't listen to last
1: week's episode we made a major announcement for those of you that don't already know this this will be our final episode for a while we're taking a break so spencer and i can pursue another opportunity that was too good to pass up um you can go back and listen to last week's episode it's episode number 125 to hear all the details behind that um but before we get into this episode, I want to have a toast, uh, a virtual toast, because <laughs> <laughs> we are not recording together um, like we, we plan to, but um, cheers to 126 episodes and maybe s- eventually some more in the future, but um, also just cheers to, you know, what lies ahead.
0: There you go. I like it.
3: And to what happened before. Well done, ladies. Thank you.
1: <laughs> I mean, I think it's just very appropriate that we start the episode with our favorite segment. What the fuck is Mike Flanagan up to? Yeah. I mean, what would a tidbits of terror episode be without some Mike Flanagan news? Right.
0: Nothing. And- it would be nothing. It would be shit.
1: <laughs> and thank the universe that mike flanagan is so damn proficient that we have yet another new update about him i mean like almost every single month there's a new update about him so this is no exception so thursday morning mike flanagan tweeted come back here at 11:30 pacific standard time for a very cool announcement and then at 11 Pacific Standard Time, he released a cavalcade of tweets, including, uh, I'm going to try and read all of this. There's a lot. (laughs) We're just a few weeks away from principal photography on the fall of the House of Usher, Intrepid's latest miniseries for Netflix. Today, executive producer Trevor Macy and I are elated to unveil the first wave of our cast. This miniseries is a modern remix of some of the most iconic works of Edgar Allan Poe. Let me say that without making it a question. (laughs) (laughs) I'm finally learning by episode 126, and now we're ending it. All right. This miniseries is a modern remix of some of the most iconic works of Edgar Allan Poe. To tell this epic tale of greed, horror and tragedy we have assembled the largest ensemble cast in the history of intrepid pictures i
0: think we, we need a drum to- oh sorry i didn't mean to cut you off but i do think we need a drum roll at some point
1: all right spencer will insert drum roll here <laughs> we are going to announce the fir- no, nope, actually we'll insert it here we are going to announce the first wave right now and the second wave tomorrow at 10 a.m so here we go drum roll please spencer Let's start at the very top, headlining this incredible ensemble leading this extraordinary cast is Roderick Usher, the towering patriarch of the Usher dynasty, the legendary Frank Langella. Wow. Also front and center, reuniting with Intrepid for our fourth project together. My dear friend, this is not me saying this. Uh, this is all Mike Flanagan. She's not my dear friend, but maybe one day.
3: This is a terrible Mike Flanagan impersonation.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you don't have anything like him, dude.
1: <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> um, my dear friend and invaluable collaborator, the one and only Carla Gugino. Ooh. As Madeline Usher, Roderick's sister, and the hidden hand of the Usher dynasty, we are thrilled to welcome the graceful, powerful, incomparable Mary McDonald. Fuck yes. As Poe's legendary investigator, C. Auguste Dupin. Dupin? Dupin? I don't know how to say it. We'll find out when we watch the show. (laughs) (laughs) He, did, he didn't he didn't add that. That would have been a really weird tweet. That was my own personal
2: <laughs> personal commentary. Some
1: commentary, yeah. Oh my god. All right. Uh, we are so honored to welcome back one of my favorite past collaborators, the extraordinary Carl Lumley. Uh, for those of you who don't know, he played Dick Halloran in Doctor Sleep. It's just so you can put a face to the name. All right, back to my Mike Flanagan. <laughs> there's really not a, yeah, there's no difference between me and my Mike Flanagan. In a new addition to the dark worlds of Intrepid and Edgar Allan Poe playing a character surprisingly at home in the shadows, we are thrilled to welcome the iconic Mark Hamill. Who's that? <laughs> I feel like we should have applause too. Yeah. Should we right. put applause and a drum roll? <laughs> We have many more names to share, and we'll unveil the next wave tomorrow right here at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Some familiar faces, some new ones, all incredible performers coming together to bring the world of Poe to life as it's never been seen before. Cannot wait to tell you more. Well, you don't have to wait, because... This was all in the past. All right, so time for more Fall of the House of Usher cast. Hit me. The largest ensemble in Intrepid's history continues now with these amazing performers, some new to us, many familiar faces, all descending into the wicked world of Poe. Buckle up. This is going to take a minute. And it did. I don't know how he was tweeting so fast. But um, instead of just reading verbatim everything he tweeted, um, I'm just going to... uh, Read a couple full tweets, and then give you the list of some of the other people that are going to be in it. Because um, there, there's a l- lot. It's a long list. I, I didn't realize until now. It's written now. I know he was. His fingers must be really tired from
0: tweeting so much yesterday. I
3: have a feeling they were all uh, pre-written and he yeah, just copied. Yeah, them.
0: yeah, yeah. Or like he paid. Or his scheduled. Assistant. Yeah, or his assistant did it. <laughs> or that. Um
1: But yeah, and I'll, apologies in advance. For any names that I mispronounce. All right. First up, returning for our eighth collaboration, an actor I'm proud to call a colleague and prouder to call a friend, the indomitable Henry Thomas. Call me. <laughs> Fresh off her dazzling and chilling turn in Midnight Mass, returning for her fifth intrepid project, the brilliant Samantha Sloyan. I often tell the tale of how she broke my heart in blind manner. I'm so pleased to be reunited with the graceful, formidable Tania Miller. Returning for his fourth adventure with us, one of my favorite actors and favorite people, the great Raoul Coley. In her eighth intrepid role, on the heels of her stunning work in Midnight Mass, the fiercely talented, incomparable Kate Siegel. In his third outing with us and hot off his Critics' Choice Award nomination for Midnight Mass, the spectacular Zach Guilford. And uh, I'm just going to go through the rest of this quickly so this doesn't take all day. Um, But the other stars are going to be Katie Parker, who is in Absentia. Malcolm Goodwin, who is new to the Intrepid family. Joining the cast for his third Intrepid film, and also reuniting with his Battlestar Galactica co-star, Mary McDonnell, the magnificent Michael Trucco. What? What? Uh, Also new to the company, Paula Nunez, Uh, returning... I think this is their second film with Flanagan. Uh, She was in Doctor Sleep. Kylie Curran.
0: I love her so much. That's going to be awesome. She's
1: amazing. Um, uh, Third time back, Crystal Ballant. uh, Another third timer, Matt Bedell. Aya Furukawa, who is in The Midnight Club. Also from The Midnight Club and Midnight Mass, Igby Rigney. And then finally, for their first Intrepid project, Jr. Tanako. Uh, Mike Lanigan went on to say, I also want to give huge props to Annie McCarthy and everyone at Engine Casting. Annie and her team have been working with Intrepid for over a decade, but in my opinion, this cast is a fireworks display, and I'm so grateful. And we are too, because, yes, an amazing, an amazing cast. Um, I mean, hey, he works with the same people all the time, but if it ain't broke... Don't fix it. I, I I love all these actors and uh, cannot wait to see Flanagan's take on Poe.
0: Yeah, and oh my God, Mary McDonald in that role, shit, dude! I'm so excited. I can't even speak. <laughs> Literally, cannot even speak. Um, that's gonna be awesome.
1: Yeah, we're gonna have to wait a while, but um... I know. But I'm
0: very excited now. Now it's all I'm going to be able to think about.
1: <laughs> yeah, but you still haven't seen Midnight Mass. I know. And Midnight Club's coming out, so you you have lots of things to catch up on.
0: Yeah, and now I'm finally going to get to watch Midnight Mass, I think. I'm just going to do it. I, I know you said that it could be emotional, but I've been waiting long enough. Fuck it. No, it's not that it can be emotional. <laughs>
1: it is super fucking
0: emotional. <laughs> well, to be fair, I feel like I sobbed at the end of both hill house and bly manor so i kind of expected it honestly yeah this is this is
1: worse than i think both of those (laughs) combined (laughs) awesome
0: that'll be fun
1: (laughs) no i'm really excited all right well now that we got our mike flanagan news out of the way mindy what do you got for us
0: uh so got some true crime news um, somebody we haven't heard about for a while but that I'd like to send a very special suck a dick dumb shit out to convicted murderer Scott Peterson who was re-sentenced just this past week on uh, December 8th to serve life in prison with no possibility for parole. Um, If For those of you who may not remember, Peterson was convicted in 2004 for the murders of his wife, Lacey Peterson, and their unborn son, Connor. Uh, And he was originally sentenced to death. According to CNN.com, the California Supreme Court reversed Peterson's death sentence after finding that potential jurors were dismissed erroneously, in part because they expressed general objections to the death penalty on a questionnaire. So while he may not be headed to the gas chamber, Peterson is still staying behind bars He is now sentenced to serve life without the possibility of parole for the first degree murder of his wife Lacey and a concurrent sentence of 15 years to life for the second degree murder of their, at the time, unborn son, Connor. Uh, Lacey's mother, Sharon Rocha, faced Peterson in court, calling him a coward. Now get ready to feel old, everybody. Rocha said, referring to Connor... Lacey and uh, Scott's unborn son quote he would have been 18 years old by now
1: I can't believe that I mean (laughs) I remember exactly where I was when I heard the sentencing for Scott Peterson because I was so obsessed with this trial and I drove to our friend Scott's wedding in Georgia for like 14 hours straight and when I arrived at the the place we were staying, I would not get out of the car because they were about to read the verdict. And I was like, no, I cannot get out of the car. I know I've been sitting in here for like 14 hours, but I need
0: to hear if he's guilty or not. I cannot believe that's been that long ago. Wow. Isn't that crazy? She goes on to say, 10 months ago, you would have been free of child support and not have to worry about being responsible for a child. And then... There are two things that Roca pointed out in this next moment I'm gonna read that is like totally her mic drop moment. Two things will never change, she said. Quote, Lacey and Connor will always be dead and you will always be their murderer. End quote. Drop mic. Fuck yeah. All joking aside, of course, Scott's a total dirtbag, and as Sharon was saying, I too remember when this happened and Everyone was obsessed. And oh, the Nancy Grace quotes were to die for. (laughs) But uh, I'm just so glad that he's staying behind bars. Um, So I just wanted to remind everybody that, yeah, it's been almost 20 years since Lacey Peterson. Isn't that insane? Connor would have been 18. I can't believe it. But uh, Scott will not be going anywhere. He's still staying in jail. Have fun, buddy. I think that's
3: a worse punishment than the death sentence anyway.
0: I agree. And I think, and because I I'm love that uh, Lacey's mom said that too about he will always be their murderer because now he gets to think about that for the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have fun. Yeah, I,
1: I also agree. Yeah, I think, you know, and I don't know what type of prison this is. I'm hoping he doesn't have many privileges to exercise and read or whatever. I just kind of want to imagine him just sitting in a empty cell stark white nothing to do just thinking
0: about this for the rest of his life yeah they had miserable they had a picture of him and he looks kind of the same but he does look thinner and he looks older obviously uh but i mean i wouldn't say he looked healthy necessarily so but i mean in prison if you kill your wife or you kill a kid that's not that's not good like Women beaters and wife kill- children killers don't do fare well in prison. So I hope he enjoys his life sentence. Yeah, me too.
1: All right. Well, moving on. Let's change the
0: subject a bit, Sharon.
1: <laughs> so most of the country is feeling the effects of winter by now, unless you live in the south. Temperatures in Chicago have been pretty steady in the 30s and 40 range, um, although it is going to get up to like 60 next week. So that'll be fun for one day. <laughs> And I don't know about the rest of you, but I love watching winter horror movies in the winter because they just do not have the same effect that they do in the summer when it's 90 degrees outside and it's light out until like 9 PM. (laughs) So I made a list of some great winter horror movies to help you get through those long dark nights. Um, Actually, I'm not going to say great because they're not all great.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Just ignore that Sharon said that.
1: So, I made a list of some winter horror movies to help get you through those long, dark nights. And these are winter horror movies, not Christmas horror movies. Mm. And most people think of The Shining or The Thing when they think of a winter horror movie. But I compiled a list of some lesser known movies to check out. And we will have the list of the movies in our episode description. The first movie is Curtains from 1983. A half dozen actresses ignore common sense and attend auditions at a remote mansion and begin being targeted by a masked serial killer who hunts them down across the ice, through the snowy woods, and even on a snowmobile. If you love bad 80s horror as much as I do, this one is really fun and it also is a pretty unique slasher film and it has one of the creepiest masked killers that I've ever seen. Wow. I really like this film. Sold. Uh, next up, we have Windchill from 2007. It stars Emily Blunt. Two college students share a ride home for the holidays, but when they break down on a deserted stretch of road, they are preyed upon by the ghost of people who have died. Hmm. I also really like this film. Um, yeah, I recommend it. I wouldn't say it's um, it's, a, it's a little bit of a... Do you remember this, Spencer?
3: I don't think I saw this one or the curtain, curtain thing, curtains.
1: (laughs) I thought you watched both of those with me. If I... You always say you don't watch things with me. And then you're like, oh, yeah, I remember.
3: Sometimes I remember, but I'm pretty sure I did not see these.
1: I remember um, really enjoying Windchill. I think it had some creepy moments and tension. And it's basically just Emily Blunt. And I forget the name of the the guy that she's with um, in the film, the actor. But it's basically just the two of them. So they're carrying the whole film themselves. And I just think they have like... Really enjoyable, realistic conversations. And I, I do
3: remember this one actually. What did I <laughs> tell <laughs> you, folks? What I had did I to. Tell I had you? to see some pictures. Yeah, I because we, we watched this a while ago, right? It's uh, been like a few years. I think we watched
1: it? this like two or three years ago. It was yes. one of our Christmas horror movies. I was
3: thinking that it was just like you watched it this year, so that's why I couldn't remember. But no, I definitely remember it and uh, enjoying it. And Ashton Holmes is the guy.
1: Okay. Yeah, but they're both good actors, mm-hmm. and they carry the story, and it's. A little bit slow, but I was interested the entire time. It held my attention. Shit, I'm interested now. (laughs) Watch it. Watch it. It's good. Next up, we have the children from 2008. Two sisters and their families get together at the elder sister's secluded country home for Christmas only for the children to begin turning against their parents in homicidal fashion, forcing the adults to fight for their lives, even as they grapple with the idea of killing their own offspring. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't have kids, this movie might make you feel like you made a good choice. Um, and it's also pretty gory. There are some pretty gory moments, but yeah, it's, it's very creepy. Anything with um, uh, well- the children in the, the film are are good actors and they're really good at being creepy and uh, homicidal. So
0: <laughs> It's not winter, but for a fun twist on this sort of plot line, there's also mom and dad with, um, with Nick Cage and Selma Blair where all the parents go nuts for some unexplained reason and start killing their kids but that movie i'm sorry i fucking love that movie and i I think that's more of a dark comedy than it is horror but it's a horror comedy but this I, i these all sound really good i don't know that i've seen very many of these
1: uh next up we have dead of winter from 1987 uh this one you can find on amazon i think it was free on amazon a fledgling actress is lured into a remote mansion. Yet another movie about a mansion with an actress in the woods in the winter. Um, so new this rule, one's...
0: new rule, if you're an actor and you ever are asked to um, do a screen test at either a cabin, a remote cabin in the woods or a remote mansion, say no. Always say no. Um, this one's completely different. It's a completely different story. This is actually more of a
1: of a thriller I would say than a horror movie but a fledgling actress is lured to a remote mansion for a screen test soon discovering she is actually a prisoner in the middle of a blackmail plot hmm. and it stars Mary Steenburgen and Roddy McDowell. Wow. Who I love Roddy McDowell from the original Fright Night and I love Mary Steenburgen from like
3: everything everything she's ever done
1: <laughs> especially Parenthood uh, that's one of my favorite movies of all time and probably my favorite Mary Steenburgen film but she plays like three different characters in this film it's a really interesting movie Mm. it's slightly more well produced and sophisticated than a made for tv movie (laughs) but it's very similar to a made for tv movie (laughs) yeah
3: it's like the next step up
1: yeah but Spencer watched this with me last week, and what did you think?
3: Uh, It was interesting. I I would be curious to know what people think. Uh, I definitely had, we both had questions and comments (laughs) that we were thrown at the TV and stuff, but, you know, it's 87, and I think it's a remake, too, actually.
0: Yes, it could be. I just like, it's slightly better than a made-for-TV movie, and that's actually like a ringing endorsement from us.
1: (laughs) I mean, it is, because I love (sighs) made-for-TV movies. Oh, um, next up, we have Frozen from 2010. Um, not the Disney. children's Disney movie. I was movie. super
0: confused for a minute. Okay, Yeah,
1: I've actually never seen the animated film Frozen. Neither have I. And you know what? I'm just I'm going to stick to that.
3: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> me too. You keep doing what you're doing.
1: <laughs> um, but this one you can watch on Amazon or... Hulu, possibly. Um, You'll find it. You'll find it. It's about three skiers stranded on a chairlift that are forced to make life or death choices, which prove more perilous than staying put and freezing to death. And wow, this movie is... I really, really enjoyed it. But it is so high anxiety. Like this movie (laughs) gave me so much anxiety, which is good. It's an it's effective. It you know, that's one way to terrify someone is just to raise their anxiety levels through the roof. But wow, I the the acting was great. Um the just the whole setup of it was kind of unique. You know, I've seen movies like this where You know, like there's crawl where someone's like stuck in a basement and there's alligators. And um, I've seen like some of the shark movies where people are like trapped in an underground cave and there's sharks and shit like that. This is the first time I've seen one where someone was trapped on a chairlift. Um, So, yeah, if you are afraid of heights or afraid of the dark or afraid of freezing to death, (laughs) like there's a lot for you to be terrified of in this film if you're afraid of wolves
0: (laughs) i'm afraid of heights so when i saw the chairlift i right away was like yeah i'm probably out but I'm kind of curious, I'm not gonna
3: lie. So
1: <laughs> I really liked it. Spencer, you watched it with me. What did you think?
3: Yeah, I agree with everything Sharon said. And what's funny is that I actually had a weird vague memory while we were watching it that I had maybe seen it before in the past <laughs> uh, or part of it. I don't know. I just some weird vague memory about that. But um yeah, it's uh it's a it's a tough watch for sure. So go watch it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um next up We have Iced from 1988, which is free on YouTube. A group of childhood friends are invited to the opening of a posh ski resort, unaware that an old nemesis has murderous plans in mind for them. We covered this movie on our worst 80s horror film of all time episode. (laughs) Um, And I actually fucking love this movie it is so bad it's good like there's movies that are like so bad they're just bad I had so much fun watching this and for some reason I just really really love winter horror movies especially when they involve being in like a cozy cabin you know with like a fireplace and friends and you're drinking and having fun and you feel all warm and safe and you're not Um, but yeah I think this one had some really good kills Um, and there was a scene at the end of a killer jumping out of a snowman. Like that was just so damn ridiculous that I had to rewind it and watch it like three times because it was that (laughs) weird.
3: Um, but yeah, did you watch this?
0: Yeah. The image is literally imprinted on my brain of like (laughs) him, like flying out of it. That was the first thing I pictured. When you said "iced," it was like this shot of like this person just flying out of a snowman.
3: I one hundred percent recommend this movie. This bad movie. <laughs>
0: it's it's actually funny bad. Yeah, I but I enjoyed it too. I yeah. I total- we
3: reference this one a fair amount.
1: Yeah, I might have to give this one another watch um, this year, <laughs> this winter.
3: It should be a, a new uh, holiday winter tradition with uh, like elf and Christmas vacation and <laughs> get yeah.
1: iced. All right, next up, Ghost Keeper from 1981, free on YouTube or 199 on Amazon. Three friends on a New Year's Eve snowmobiling excursion find themselves stranded in an abandoned lodge where an elderly female innkeeper is concealing a sinister secret. Um, This is one of those movies that is so bad, it's just kind of bad. But I decided to leave it on the list anyways just because I really want people to watch this so that they can get people to make a remake of it.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Because it has a really interesting story and i think it had a lot of potential it just it was so slow moving and it's essentially about a windigo. um but mm. it was the worst movie about a windigo i've ever seen and there's not a ton out there um but this is probably the worst um but anyways just watch it if you once again like bad 80s horror films there were a few things about it that i enjoyed um but overall, yeah, I'd say watch it free on YouTube. Paying $1.99 on Amazon is maybe a little too much.
0: I already have questions, and I have not even seen this movie. Like, what, who the fuck goes snowmobiling at night on New Year's Eve? I'm assuming it's at night
3: if they get stranded at a no, lodge. No,
1: it, um, it was during the day. They just... They,
2: uh, but
3: it was, it, it was by the time they got to this resort, it was getting late and there was a storm coming in. So they stayed there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like Sharon said, there's a few good things about it, but, um, you know, watch it with low expectations. And I think you'll, you'll be pleasantly surprised. Maybe.
1: I think my favorite thing about it was one of the. The women, she had this really cute um, pair of snow pants.
3: (laughs) Multiple times. Sharon was like, I really love that snowsuit, those snow pants.
0: (laughs) Where can I get me a pair of those snow pants? Um, You
3: have to go 40 years in the past.
0: (laughs) Not always. I'm wearing socks right now that are like, over the knee look at like almost like leg warmer lookings. it's chilly out and like it's kind of 80s and i don't care i love this look i used to do this when i when it was the 80s and i'm going back to it so 80s yeah 80s is back in a big way right now so you might get your snow pants sharon i'm just saying
1: <laughs>
0: all right um we have the black
1: codes daughter from 2015 which is available if you have showtime Two girls must battle a mysterious evil force when they get left behind at their boarding school over winter break. Stars Kiernan Shipka, Emma Roberts, and it's directed by Oz Perkins, who is the son of Anthony Perkins. Um, this is an A24 film, and like a lot of A24 films, it's a little bit slow moving. Um, and I think it was maybe a little too slow at first. I wasn't really paying 100% attention and I actually had to go back and read the synopsis once it was over because I felt like I was missing details so I think the pace could have been picked up a little bit um but by the time the movie ended I, I really like the direction that the film took and had some very creepy moments and it was well acted and I thought it was it was good I would I would probably watch it again now that I know what happens and uh Going into it, knowing everything, see if that makes a
0: difference, but yeah, gonna, I recommend it. I'm going to pull a Spencer and say that I think that I saw this movie, but I I don't quite recall, mm. but I, I know that I've seen it like listed in, in the, you should watch this category, so. Yeah, I, I would
1: recommend it. Finally, we have The Last Winter from 2006, sent to evaluate the environmental impact of oil drilling in the Arctic. James Hoffman clashes with the drilling crew's chief who wants to get the job done. Um, so this movie reminds me a lot of the thing. It definitely has a lot of similar elements. It stars Zach Guilford, Ron Perlman, Connie Britton, yeah. uh, directed by Larry Fessenden. Um, so great cast, great director. Um, also very slow. And I was really tired yesterday when I watched it last night I definitely need to watch it again because I was not paying a hundred percent full attention um not gonna lie I was on my phone a lot uh going through the news um which that was that's even worse I don't
0: (laughs) I don't know why I was doing that that's why we're talking about (laughs) horror and true crime Sharon
1: (laughs) but I I'm gonna watch this one again because if for nothing else you see Zach Guilford's butt
3: hey (laughs) he has been coming up a lot in our lives um between that movie and he was just announced for obviously the mike flanagan house of usher thing and he was Mm -hmm. also just announced for another film um that you
1: you know someone who oh
3: oh oh yeah 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 i know this one of the screenwriters Mm. of a film that he was just announced to be in not to mention the fact that I went to high school with him. Oh, he was a real? year behind me. So like we know some of the same people. He and I didn't really know each other. My friend is also trying to get a movie made and he really would like Zach Guilford for like one of the lead roles. So it's like he like I feel like I can't get away. Not that I want to get away from him, but I can't get <laughs> away from him. Um, he was also amazing at Midnight Mass. Um, so if we do a future episode, maybe we can get him on the show. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know you went to high school with him. Yeah, I did.
1: Yeah, maybe one day we'll have him um the episode if we ever do another episode or maybe one day we'll make a movie with him. Who knows? All right. Well, that that is plenty of winter horror movies I think to get you through the rest of your winter wherever <laughs> you're at. Um Mindy, do you have any other recommendations on what to watch?
0: I do indeed. Um for those of you who have Discovery Plus, I think it's worth Every friggin' penny. I really enjoy that service very much. But there is a new documentary that actually just started streaming um, just this December called The Hunt for the Chicago Strangler. For anyone who may not know this story, uh, you might want to check out episode 112 for more of a deep dive on this topic. But just a quick recap over the past few years, the nonprofit Company, the Murder Accountability Project, found significant data that strongly suggests that in certain neighborhoods of Chicago, a possible serial killer has been murdering primarily black and brown women for over. 20 years and has gone unchecked. The killings ran roughly from the late 90s until around 2018, where they seem to have stopped, hopefully for good. Still, after all this time, there are no leads. Um, Described as an immersive three-part docuseries, this is a Discovery Plus original and will feature stories from victims' families, activists, experts, police, and even some survivors. Um, December 3rd is when the series started streaming and all three parts are available now to watch. It feels really weird to say that I feel psyched about this documentary, but I am actually really psyched about it because this case is long overdue for exposure, especially since so many Chicago natives don't even know that this story exists, which is fucked up to me. Um, It looks really smart and willing to unflinchingly discuss segregation and the historical truths about race in Chicago. And that's a conversation that we need to have. Um, And we need to have it like maybe a hundred of years, hundred years ago, maybe. But like whatever, it's happening now, so I'm happy. To, I'm really excited to dive in. Uh, and those of you for, with Discovery Plus, I'm sure that this will be worth a watch for sure. And I'd be remiss if I didn't give a shout out to a new special called the "Demon in the White House," <laughs> which is a story. Of- I
1: thought the demon lost the election.
0: <laughs> oh, burn! <laughs> Um, no, this is a documentary about the spiritual leanings of First Ladies Jane Pierce and Mary Todd Lincoln, actually. Um, it's sort of reenactment y, uh, but it's kind of it's pretty interesting. And we have to give a shout out here uh, because Abe Lincoln is played by a friend of ours, kind of um, the wonderful Robert Broski. Twin Peaks fans may know him as the. light. Guy who plays squishy heads with some radio station employees during part eight of season three. Sharon, Spencer, and I had the pleasure of meeting Robert and his lovely wife, and it turns out he makes a decent living playing Lincoln. Uh, He's very convincing. Fun fact. Anyway, Hunt for the Chicago Strangler and Demon in the White House, among so many things on Discovery+. Plus. Be sure to check those two out. Um, And hey, Sharon, what should folks do if they can't watch those shows now, but want to save them for later and don't want to forget? Um, put them on the list. Put
1: them on the list. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I had to think about that one. No. <laughs>
4: um.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm definitely going to check out the Hunt for the Chicago Strangler. And I'm really, really hoping that something actually comes of it. Right. And they get like some leads or maybe actually an arrest. I mean, yeah, I'm... Uh, very curious to see what what happens with that. I don't know if I'm going to watch the Demon in the White House thing, because mm, it's just not really my, that's not really my jam, but...
0: Yeah, it was fun. It Like I said, it was more of, like, a reenactment kind of thing. I mean, there were, like, quote-unquote experts talking, but I enjoyed it. I had it on, like, as fluff while I was kind of doing something else, and I thought it was kind of fun, so... And I was like, hey, I know that guy who's a Lincoln. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he squished Spencer's head when we met him. He did. Um,
0: so what are well, you watching, Sharon?
1: So what is definitely my jam and something <laughs> that I paid full attention to. In fact, if I didn't have to go to bed because I had work the next day, I would have binged all four episodes in one night. Um, but I watched Wild Crime on Hulu. Oh, it follows a uniquely qualified team of special agents that are responsible for investigating crimes that occur in the national park system. Ooh. And I'm guessing this is going to be an ongoing series, but so far there are only four episodes that just cover one story, which is the uh, death of Tony Henthorne. Uh, basically, Harold Henthorne, her husband, calls 911 to report that his wife, Tony has been gravely injured after falling off a cliff on a remote trail in the Rocky Mountain National Park. Does that sound suspicious? Yes. <laughs> I've actually, um,
0: I think, seen a special on that murder. It not it's this.
1: possible. I mean, this is definitely not the first time things like this have happened. Sure. I believe that there was a story that was very similar that took place in the Grand Canyon. Um, and I think there was another similar story that took place in Northern California. So you might be thinking of that, although maybe you've heard of this, but... This is definitely a very, very deep dive into the the story. And the show combines two of my favorite things, which is nature and also true crime documentaries. And they do a wonderful job laying out the story. It's almost as if you were the jury, you know, you, the audience, and you were being given all the evidence in an actual court case. I love the way wow. that... They um, they laid out the story and every episode has surprising new details that are revealed um, throughout each episode. Um, you can just keep learning more and more facts about uh, what happened and the history of Harold Henthorne. And I don't want to give anything away, but um, it's just very Captivating, and they also focus a lot on the victims and the families, um, and also the friends of the victims. And yes, I said victims, and I don't want to give any spoilers away, okay? But okay, you find out that there's more than one, um. And they don't just glorify the piece of shit that is Harold Henthorne, but they they highlight the victim and they keep doing that throughout the series, nice, um, which I really like. And they also do a really great job with educating the audience on the National Park Crime Investigators because Mm. I did not know that this was a thing. But now I want to change careers because a lot of times these people are you know, just spending time out in nature. And that's most of their day um, until this happened. And then one of the investigators is this really intelligent, badass woman who gets really, really invested with the story because she does not think it's an accident. And she teams up with two other really intelligent badass women lawyers to help solve the case so it focuses a lot on them um but it's great I I highly recommend it I think it's it's very educational um and it it pays a really nice tribute to the the victims of of Henry what's his face <laughs> Harold I can't even get his name right but that's good I shouldn't ha- have to remember yeah that fuck asshole's that name um, I've also been watching the new Dexter,
0: Dexter New Blood on Showtime. Did you start that? I've been dying to ask you if you've been watching this because I have hesitated, but it's in our like, like, it's like bookmarked on our internet cable. Are Do you have a roommate now? Well, because I share cable with, with oh. <laughs> Andy. So, um, but I just don't, I don't know if I could do it. So oh my is it God. worth it?
1: I fucking love it. I don't want it to end. I hope they do another uh, another
0: season. Okay. I d- I'll let you talk, but you t- tell me about it and then, yeah.
1: Yeah, so for those of you who haven't started yet, it's uh, set 10 years after Dexter. Morgan went missing in the eye of Hurricane Laura. He's now living under an assumed name in upstate New York in a town called Iron Lake, which I actually don't think it's a real town, um, but kind of want to live there just because it's so cute it's so beautiful and it looks like perfect I don't know that is my type of place I guess that's one of the reasons why I really like it is because I just love the the setting of where it takes place now um because I am not really a fan of Miami and the heat and beaches and Florida in general (laughs) so um yeah I like this setting much better I think it's much creepier too to mm. be in the midst of like the woods and it's also winter time there so oh, hey, um, yeah I love that whole feeling um, but yeah like I said I'm loving it it's very much like the original like I, I had the same feeling I did when I watched the original and also like the original it's predictable mm-hmm. and it has many implausible situations that Dexter would never be able to get away with if this was in real life but Who cares because it's entertaining as shit and you just cannot help but love Dexter no matter how many people he kills and the people he kills let's face it they're kind of pieces of shit. I mean yeah there's a
0: reason he kills them so that's kind of the point yeah. (laughs)
1: Um, and I totally got the warm fuzzies watching him set up his kill room for the first time in like (laughs) 10 years I was like oh I remember this Um, but yeah even though there's a lot of predictable moments there are still more than enough storylines happening all at once to keep you guessing on you know half of them there's so many possible outcomes that could happen or different ways the story can go you know in any direction um, so I'm really looking forward to seeing how this ends and really hoping for another season and instead of talking to his dead father mm. as he did in the original now he's talking to his sister Deb so Jennifer Carpenter's back in like every single episode and oh yeah Clancy fucking Brown's in it so watch it
0: yeah, I, so I was actually really excited about the idea of Deb being the voice of his conscience now because I thought that dynamic would be really cool. Plus, didn't he, like, kill her as a mercy killing at the end of the last... I guess, spoiler alert, too late for the ending <laughs> of the original Dexter series, but... Uh, I Honestly, it- I don't
1: know. I only watched the... the- series finale once and that was what like almost 10 years ago and I never revisited it because yeah. I hated the way it ended. Yeah, so. I
0: remember. <laughs> Sharon was very very upset and it took a little bit of um comforting. I don't to... I don't think I was the only one though. I'm no. pretty sure
1: like 95% of Dexter fans hated
3: It was a whole thing.
1: The original ending. You yeah. made
0: it much farther than I did. I didn't even make it that far cuz I read the books. At, well like the first three books and the first season again like was different it was a great adaptation of the the first book but like I that that first season I binged in one sitting because I just could not stop and Michael C. Hall of course is just ridiculously awesome but uh um, Sharon got the
3: warm fuzzies looking at him too
0: oh I bet <laughs> I did too and I haven't even watched the show so but yeah I'm I'm Maybe I'll check it out because I'd love to see him and Deb interact and have her give him shit.
1: I mean, if you haven't even made it to the season with John Lithgow, well, I th- I, four,
0: That or- was, I think, where I ended. I think I stopped after that season, maybe.
1: Okay. I was going to say, you need to go back and watch that season at
0: least first. Oh, no. I've seen the... Yeah, I've seen that one for oh, sure. Oh, okay.
1: Okay. Um, yeah. I was going to say, if you get past that, there's definitely some things from seasons after that that they mention, but it's not super important and they kind of catch you up on it maybe just go through and read like a uh find like a quick synopsis like find a youtube channel where they do like a quick five minute synopsis of seasons five six and seven and eight that's a good idea
0: wait were there nine seasons I don't know there There might have been but I just I I kind of read about the show as it was happening so I kind of kept up with the quote unquote plot of the rest of the series and mm. then like you told me quite a bit because i was just like i don't give a fuck i'm not gonna watch the last few seasons what happens um but it is the original director from the who like st- who originated this series doing this one right so i think that's also why he was like yeah sorry guys i'll uh, fix that hang on just a second oh. for the finale like i
1: honestly i i don't even know i didn't even look to see i just Was excited that it was coming back and (laughs) there was a chance for the show to redeem itself after that horrible ending.
0: Yeah, the original director came back and showrunner came back is what I heard because he Uh. felt the same way as everybody else. And he had stepped away from Dexter like as it moved, as it went on in in seasons. So then he was kind of like, all right, I want to do right by the fans and by the character and give this a proper ending. So...
1: Cool. Well, you know what? That would explain why it feels so similar to the original. Um, I'm glad to hear that. And then finally, we are watching Yellow Jackets. Um, They've only had the first four episodes. I believe episode five will be tomorrow, which is the 12th of December. Uh, All-Star cast Christina Ricci, Juliette Lewis, Melanie Linsky. Mm. It's about a widely talented high school girls soccer team who become the unlucky survivors of a plane crash deep in the Ontario wilderness where they are stranded for 19 months <gasps> and have to resort to stuff, stuff that they have oh. not fully covered yet. But I mean,
3: oh, shit, we,
1: we, we kind of know where it goes. Um, it's very dark and very gory, but it's also funny I'm really digging it. I honestly did not realize it was going to be as dark and gory as it is and I have no idea what's going to happen but I'm enjoying it so far and Spencer I think is also enjoying it. So yeah, I highly recommend Yellow
0: Jackets. Okay, cool. This is also in my list, and I haven't started it specifically because I wanted to like sit down and like binge the first few. But over Thanksgiving, I was with my family, and we saw my mom and I saw a trailer for this, and both my mom and I and Eunice were like, "Oh, sign me up!" Like that. Just (laughs) the cast alone had me. So cool.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Sharon, and all the young actresses who play the counterparts of you know christina ricci juliette lewis melanie linsky blah 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 they're all really talented as well and they they did a really really good job with casting i have to say
0: awesome cool thank you i'm told now i have stuff that i know i'm gonna watch because now i don't have to be like should i or is it gonna suck (laughs)
1: uh well moving on to things that we've already watched um we are going to quickly run through did we mention that this is going to be a much longer tidbits than usual because it's our last episode you did not well spoiler alert It's going to be much longer. Um, but yeah, you've probably figured that out by now because you're like, wow, the shows normally would have ended by now. Um, but we're going to quickly run through our favorite and least favorite films of 2021. Mindy, you want to start with your f- first favorite? And this doesn't need to be in any particular order. It's just, you know, top three, four five, whatever you have.
0: OK, um, so. This came out early 2021, I feel like, and I saw it and instantly was like, I'm done watching horror movies for the year. Um, I fucking loved the film Saint Maud. Apologies um, if I mispronounced the names of the cast, but this movie stars uh, Morphide Clark, uh, Jennifer Eel, and Marcus Hutton, um, but it was written and directed by Rose Glass and um, the plot of Saint Maud, though, uh, follows a pious nurse who becomes dangerously obsessed with saving the soul of her dying patient. This movie was very—it was a slow burn. It was very quiet. I felt like, um, and then, kind of out of nowhere, took off. And I don't—that's all I'm going to say because I really don't want to say much about it at all because I went in blind completely, and I have not stopped thinking about this movie, and I haven't even rewatched it since I first saw it almost a year ago now. Um, I thought it was stunning, haunting, shocking, and moving.
1: I agree. I really liked it, too. And it was short, sweet, and had a good ending.
0: Yeah, fantastic. Sharon, now how about you? I actually, I kind of agree with you, too. I was going to put this movie on my list, but I wasn't quite sure if I should.
1: All right, so I have Last Night in Soho, which I'm going to say is probably my favorite movie, favorite horror movie from the year. It stars Thomason McKenzie, Anya Taylor-Joy, Matt Smith. It's directed by Edgar Wright. An aspiring fashion designer is mysteriously able to enter the 1960s where she encounters a dazzling wannabe singer. But the glamour is not all it appears to be, and the dreams of the past start to crack and splinter into something darker. Um, so I texted a note to myself during the movie actually saw this in the theater and i'm really really glad that i did um because it was just so beautiful to see on the big screen but i texted myself um quote a brief history of women's agency and how little has changed since the 1960s (laughs) and quote uh onion taylor joy's character sandy is first introduced to us as a confident take charge watch out world here i come character only to become an almost lifeless shell of herself once the men in her life basically squash her dreams and use her for their own personal benefit. Thomas and Mackenzie's character likewise loses a lot of her agency due to struggles with either the ghosts of her past or possibly living with a mental illness. And also this is brought on by classmates, unfortunately. Mm. Um, And we don't really know what it is at first or if it's a combination of things. But when we meet her, her character is just happy, talented, ambitious, has a bright future. And we slowly see her descent into a very dark place for a variety of different reasons, which is something that we see being done a lot these days in films. It's kind of like, is it the character living with a mental illness or is it the paranormal? Um, But I think this film handles it in a completely new way that I haven't seen done before. On top of that, it's just a very compelling story that held my attention the entire time. The acting obviously was top notch. The cinematography was completely stunning. Um, Yeah, I definitely cannot wait to watch this one again and just take it all in because there was just so much to look at because of how beautiful it was. With that being said, I did have a bit of an issue with the direction that Edgar Wright decided to take. In regards to the character of Sandy but he did kind of redeem himself a bit at the end of the film where it did not ruin the film for me I can't really go into more of that without spoiling the film but I know there's a lot of other people out there that uh, I think also kind of had issues with that but overall I really really enjoyed it
0: I liked this one too um, I, did, I did not see it in the theater which I regret kind of, but I did get to see it in 4K HD, Um, (laughs) so that was nice. Um, But yeah, visually, it was really amazing. Um, Just have to add that it was lovely in the credits to see that Neera Park, who is a long, long time Edgar Wright collaborator, also was a producer on this film. She was a producer on Spaced, which was his first collaboration with Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Uh, Shaun of the Dead um, all those movies she's done with Edgar Wright she was still in the mix for Soho which was good to see Um, and Matt Smith man he's he was the doctor he was Doctor Who but like he plays a really good bad guy um, and it's it was cool to see him in a major movie like this in horror no less so but yeah I I, I don't want to get into the, the theme of women and their agency seems to be pretty prevalent in 2021, I feel like, in a lot of these movies. So mm-hmm. uh, I think that's kind of an interesting, interesting to see. I think there's a reason for that, but, uh, <laughs> you know, whatever. But yeah, this was a I this was interesting. I didn't, I, I kind of think I know what you're talking about, Sharon, we'll talk about this offline, but I didn't really that part didn't bother me necessarily, but I was also, I think, just so, like, overwhelmed because there's a lot of color. There's a lot... The visuals are are a lot to take in. So I think I was processing I should probably watch this again, too.
1: Yeah, I think... If he didn't redeem himself, <laughs> it, it probably would have stuck with you more. But, yeah, we'll talk about it more after we finish recording the rest of this episode, because I don't want to spoil anything. Um, all right, Mindy, what's next on your list?
0: Uh, next on my list is I Blame Society. I. Um, This movie, again, apologies to the cast for any mispronunciations, but it stars uh, Jillian Wallace Horvat, who also uh, directed the film and co-wrote it, Uh, Chase Williamson, who was also one of the co-writers, and Macon Blair. Uh, The plot, a struggling filmmaker, realizes that the skill set to make a movie is the same to commit the perfect murder. I thought there was a lot of talk of subverting the genre this year, I feel like. And this movie fucking really did it. Um, I really don't want to say much about this one either because, I again, I feel like it's just fun to go in cold and kind of see where it takes you. But um, strong women both behind the camera and in front of the camera kind of talking about how they're fucking done with the fact that there are gender differences that like you know their male male colleagues can like literally throw shit at a wall and get you know make money off of it and you know women can barely get their foot in the door and that seems to be a reoccurring theme for 2021 and this movie handled that in a hilariously dark and kind of brilliant and fun i thought way also my lovely friend megan had a little bit part at one point that made me laugh so but it's a, it, i thought it was it was pretty it, it, it was it, it was profound and it was funny and it was it wasn't really scary so much but it it resonated and I just I loved everything about it so that's my second movie. Cool, Sharon. What about you?
1: Cool. Um, yeah, I didn't like that movie as much as you and Spencer liked it, but I thought it was fun. I, I would recommend it for sure. Um, next up, I have which you don't even consider to be a horror
0: movie, but mm-hmm. I do. Um, so whatever. <laughs> on my list. I was going to sp- speaking of movies that, like, one of us really liked and the other is iffy about.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Promising Young Woman, which stars Carrie Mulligan, Jennifer Coolidge, Laverne Cox, Bo Burnham, Sam Richardson, Allison Brie, on and on. A lot of people. And Connie um,
0: Britton, again. She's been mentioned now, like, twice in this episode.
1: She has. Um... A young woman traumatized by a tragic event in her past seeks out vengeance against those who crossed her path. Um, And also a lot of other people (laughs) who just kind of get in her way. Um, I was so blown away by this film the first time that I saw it. I haven't really been able to get it out of my head. Um, It also kind of made me lose all faith in humanity, which, I mean even more than it already was after the past few years. But (laughs) um, yeah, so it's not exactly an uplifting film, but it has an amazingly talented cast, Um, not to mention that the writer and director of the movie, uh, Emerald Fennell, she did such an incredible job, and it was her first time writing and directing a feature full-length film, so kudos yeah, to agreed. her. Yeah, I agree. And despite the seriousness of the film, there are actually some really funny moments as well, and I also really loved and appreciated the references to the film Night of the Hunter, which we covered on a previous episode. Um, and also, I know there's a ton of backlash against this film, people saying this is not a film for survivors, but... I personally, as a woman, as a survivor, felt inspired and empowered by the film. And the film felt really cathartic for me when it was all over. It also brought up a lot of bad memories. It's definitely triggering. Um, So I can understand people saying that this is not a film for survivors. Mm -hmm. But every survivor is different. So, you know, to each their own. I did not like all the choices that Carrie Mulligan's character made. I will say that. There's a lot of times that she crossed lines and did a lot of shit that I did not agree with. Um, people also criticized the film, saying that not only was it not made for survivors, but also, well, who was it made for? Because all this seems pretty obvious to women. But I think it was made for men because there are still so many men out there who literally have no idea that there's different types of rape um which is something that the tv show i may destroy you covers really well Mm. um you know you don't have to just force a woman to have sex against her will there are other types of rape out there and i don't think a lot of men are aware of that so yeah i think this movie was kind of made for them and i think women can watch it and enjoy it but you know just because it's Something that you are already aware of, and it's not really educating you on anything you didn't already know, doesn't mean you still can't watch and enjoy the film.
0: Yeah i I have issues with this movie, which I'm not really going to get into so much. Um, no, but that <laughs> I, there's a lot happening here that was really great and really fantastic that I did very much like. Um, and I honestly at least according to the director from I re- I remember reading an interview with her and she kind of was like I don't give a fuck. <laughs> she was like I made the movie the way I wanted to make it and I made the ending the way I wanted to make it and I don't care. Like that's the movie I wanted to make. And I was like I can respect that, you know, despite whatever feelings I may have about it. Um and obviously Carrie Mulligan is is wonderful and everything, but she's like out of control in this movie she's so 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 good um everyone is in it and clancy brown's in this too so <laughs> yeah but it yeah it should come with the caveat though that yeah it, it's maybe not for all survivors because um, that was one thing that i did read about a few survivors who said that they felt the film made them feel like hopeless as opposed to empowered but again i'm not going to get into that too much but it's it's still an interesting movie i uh, do not think it's a horror film but it's an interesting film and definitely worth talking about and definitely worth having a spot in theaters and on the list and whatever so um the next movie i'm gonna actually bring the i'm gonna skip ahead to a different movie because this one is on both of our lists so i figured we would just knock this out but let's talk about Candyman. Um, I am terrified to try and pronounce any of these names of the stars. Can you, would you do the honors, Sharon?
1: Yes, it stars. And apologies if I mispronounce any of these, but I know I will do a much better job than Mindy.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: Yaha Abdul-Mateen II, Tianya Paris, Nathan Stewart-Jarrett, Vanessa Williams, directed by Nia DaCosta. Screenplay by Jordan Peele, DaCosta, and Wynne Rosenfeld.
0: Thank you. Uh, The plot, of course, is in present-day Chicago. Many years after the last of the Cabrini green towers were torn down, Anthony and his partner move into a loft in the now gentrified Cabrini. A chance encounter with an old-timer exposes Anthony to the true story behind Candyman. Anxious to use these macabre details in his studio as inspiration for his paintings, he unknowingly opens a door to a complex past that unravels his own sanity and unleashes a terrifying wave of violence. I know I got kind of silly at the end of that reading, but I fucking really loved this. Um, I thought that they revitalized an old favorite and made the story more relevant than ever. Um, I love the folklore aspect to this. Um, On a technical level, I thought it was fucking fantastic. Uh, Props to Nia DaCosta. She became the first black woman director in history to release a film and a horror film at that that was straight up released in the number one box office position on its opening day. So that's pretty rad. Um, Also, just quick side note, I literally wrote this down while I watched it. I did not rewatch the original Candyman before viewing this, but um, there is a scene that references the original movie where Anthony, the lead character, is in a library, and he's listening to cassette tapes that Virginia Madsen's character recorded in the original film. And I'm sorry, her voice... I literally was like, did Carrie Weeder re record these for the film? Because it kind of sounded like Carrie Weeder. That's funny. <laughs> and I was like, damn, that woman really can do everything. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, no, I loved it. What did you think, Sharon? Yeah,
1: I thought it made a great sequel to the original. I love the way they expanded Candyman's story and made it something completely different from the original. I also really liked that instead of using a bunch of flashback scenes from the original film, they used puppetry animation sequences to recreate some of those scenes. Um, And that was created by a Chicago-based puppet theater company called Manual Cinema. What, what? They're awesome. (laughs) Sorry. um, I thought that the kills were great. It was creepy. I liked all the new characters. I mean, the acting was great. And yeah, the way that they used uh, mirrors and reflection to to create some of the uh, kills. It just, I I loved it.
0: Yeah, I did too. And uh, yeah, Manual Cinema, they're rad. They're a really cool, uh, yes, puppet theater company in Chicago. But um, that (laughs) was stunning work. And honestly, you won't want to turn it off, but it goes without saying that you need to stick around for the credits because... There's an incredible sequence that plays throughout the entire credits. That's all mm-hmm. puppets. It's really cool. Um, but uh yeah, I this is what happens when you have good writing because like I, from the very first scene, was in it. Nothing scary was happening. I just liked the characters. Like I didn't have a whole lot of introduction and backstory and I didn't need it. They just threw us into a scene with these people and we got to know them and it was awesome i also need to up my scary storytelling skills uh because one of the characters in that movie starts it off by telling the original Candyman story as a scary story and like sets the mood in this really cool way and i need to up my game but yeah i just props to everyone involved good job you guys good movie okay sharon you go next
1: all right my last film Last favorite horror film of 2021 is Ghostbusters Afterlife. Stars Carrie Coon, Paul Rudd, Mechanic Grace, Finn Wolfhard. Finn
0: Wolfhard.
1: <laughs> Plus amazing cameos from the original cast. It's directed by Jason Reitman, whose father, Ivan Reitman, directed the original Ghostbusters. When a single mom and her two kids arrive in a small town, they begin to discover their connection to the original Ghostbusters and the secret legacy their grandfather, Egon, laugh behind causing <laughs> Sharon to ugly cry in a movie theater.
0: <laughs> oh, dude.
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh. I... It was bad. And to be fair, there was a lot. There was other things kind of going on. This, um, Well, that's actually not completely accurate. There is connections to this film uh, from my uncle who has passed away and also to my aunt who is is slowly uh, succumbing to early onset Alzheimer's and she's the one that got me into horror movies and she was like a big sister to me my entire life so there was a lot of emotions going on when I watched this and I legit ugly cried like sobbing in the theater and I'm just glad there was it was like loud on the screen (laughs) so it wasn't super obvious um but yeah I've been waiting such a long time to see this film and honestly when it came down to like that week when I'm like oh my god this Friday we're we're gonna finally gonna go see it I think this was like the film that I was the most excited to see all year um The original film is one of my favorites of all times. The entire new cast was just so phenomenal. Every cast member felt purposeful and it made sense to the original story. The performance from McKenna Grace was amazing. Mm. I mean, as usual, she's been in a bunch of Mike Flanagan's films um, and and miniseries. Um, I love the connection that she had with Egon I just thought everything was really funny, heartfelt. I laughed, I cried, I cheered. I loved all the Easter eggs that they they threw in the film, but also it was purposeful. It made sense and didn't feel like they just put these in there just to be in there. It was just so much fun, and I can't wait to watch it again.
0: Sharon had texted me, I think, the night before and was like, text me back right now we're gonna go see Ghostbusters tomorrow do you want in because they were getting tickets online <laughs> um, and so we went together and I think at one point Sharon you did look over to me like towards the end and you were like oh good you're crying too because yeah I mean I enjoyed this movie for all the reasons that Sharon said um, I will say for you South Park fans uh, it was a giant helping of member berries <laughs> Um <laughs> That's, uh, I, I I, it reminded me kind of of The Force Awakens, uh, which was the the new Star Wars movie, the first of the new Star Wars movies that came out. Um, I do feel like there were some things that were a little replayed or might have been done differently. Um, But overall, I had fun watching it. I agree that the new cast was all very funny in ways that like were different from obviously the original Ghostbusters but was were still like they engaged me immediately I think is what I'm trying to say uh, especially Paul Rudd's character which I'm not going to explain why but I will just say that every time I see that Cujo is going to be on cable I will laugh for the rest of my life thinking of <laughs> Paul Rudd in that movie Um but yeah and the whole Egon thing it's not a spoiler you'll figure it out in like the first fucking five minutes but it was yeah but I still nostalgia hit me hard um And yeah, I cried. I ugly cried myself like really hard, really, really hard. And uh, I was glad we were in the back row and in the dark too.
1: (laughs) All right, Mindy, what is your final favorite movie of 2021?
0: So um, mine is I'm going with It's Me, Billy, um, the stars and apologies to everyone involved because I will probably murder these names, but uh, the stars Victoria Miro, Shelby Handley. And Malika Henny Hamadi, I hope so. He did pretty good. Uh, uh, Was directed by some random dudes uh, named. (laughs) uh, (laughs) Their names are uh, Dave McCray and Bruce Dale. Um, If anyone's heard of them, I don't know. Maybe you want to check them out. Um, Our good friend. Dave McRae knows all of this already, but I really love this film. The plot, of course, it's an unofficial sequel set nearly 50 years after the events of the first movie, Black Christmas, and follows the granddaughter of Jess Bradford, and that's kind of all we really need to say. Um, I think that this movie is a testament to what good writing can do, really. Good storytelling. If you've got that, you've got all of it, much like Host. Uh, did in 2020. I thought that Billy really accomplished more in its like 40-ish plus minute running time uh, with its fantastic writing, smart directing, and editing than most scary movies I've seen this year. Um, Not to mention the fact that Dave is a diehard Black Christmas fan and has great attention to detail. So I just, it was a short film, but I loved it. I agree, Mindy, 100%. Everything
1: you just said. I love that movie, and I cannot wait to do a double feature of the original Black Christmas followed by It's Me, Billy, which is going to be my new Christmas tradition.
0: Yeah. And we
3: hope there is more coming.
0: Yes, yeah. absolutely. I'm actually, and I actually did message Dave about this, um, but I'm watching, I'm we're doing it. My mom and I are going to watch Black Christmas when I'm over there for the holidays, and then right into mi- It's Me, Billy. So we're going to do a double feature. It's happening. Very excited. Awesome.
1: All right, so let's talk about some of our least favorite movies from 2021. <laughs> I'm going to start with I Care A Lot, starring Rosamund Pike, Peter Dinklage, Isa Gonzalez, and Diane Wiest. It's about a crooked legal guardian, played by Rosamund Pike, who drains the savings of her elderly wards until she meets her match when a woman she tries to swindle turns out to be more than she first appears. Not really sure if this is entirely horror. Yeah. Although I, it was categorized as like horror ish. Um, <laughs> I just think the entire concept of the film is ridiculous. It's about a bunch of people who commit elder abuse for profit. But in order to make that plausible, you need a realistic scenario. <laughs> and I just really could not get past the plot where a perfectly healthy but older and rich woman who's been living on her own for a while can just suddenly have her home, her belongings, all of her finances just completely taken away from her with one doctor's note from a shady doctor. And then this legal guardian who has never met the woman before can just swoop in sell everything, keep all the money for herself without any sort of neighbor, friend, family member, judge, doctor or nurse stepping in and saying something. It just did not seem right at all. And I just could not suspend disbelief enough to buy the premise at all. Um, And except for Diane Weist and Peter Dinklage, I hated the other main (laughs) characters. And I say, forget this movie completely. And someone needs to make a heist movie with Wiest and Dinklage because Mm. they are both great. And yeah, (laughs) that's where I stand on this film.
0: Yeah. I mean, they clearly over, I saw this one too, and they clearly oversimplified. I mean, this kind of thing does happen, but not totally as easily as like, yeah, as it appeared in the movie. But I just have to mention that I did not realize that Peter Dinklage was that I guess ripped because there's this <laughs> scene where he's like balancing himself on these like rings and he's in the air suspending himself and he's really doing it. And wow. That's I, wow. <laughs> That's my takeaway as wow Peter Dinklage. <laughs> All
1: right, Mindy, what do you got?
0: Uh, I'm going to start off with the banishing, which stars Jessica Brown, Finley, uh, John Heffernan and Sean Harris. Uh, The plot, The Banishing, tells the story of the most haunted house in England. A young reverend, his wife and daughter move into a manor with a horrifying secret. Um, I actually had really high hopes for this because it was directed, but not written, by Christopher Smith, who did the movie Triangle, which for some reason I kind of really love, even though it's not the best movie in the world. I really like it. Um, and some of the visuals were really great because he does really fantastic visuals in his movies. But uh, this is one of those movies that I'm not even kidding. I watched this like maybe three times and I still can't exactly tell you what happens at the end. It's kind of that forgettable. And you know what? Do I care to find out? Not really. So if that's any indication. I can't believe you
1: watched it three times. <laughs> it made it to your least favorite film list. Interesting.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Because it's just not, I just was not engaged. I was not interested. I There was one scene where I was like, oh, wow, that looks cool. She's and then, not
1: engaged. I'm not interested. I'm going to watch it again. You know what? Third time's the charm. Well, because nope.
0: I thought maybe like, well, <laughs> how do I not remember how this movie ends? Maybe I fell asleep. But it's just that it bores me. And then I, I just don't care. So that's boo. Right. No.
1: Well, thanks for watching it. So I don't have to watch it.
3: You're welcome. But I care a lot.
1: <laughs> oh i see what you did there spencer well played all right well next on my list this was actually recommended to me by a friend who pretty much every time he recommends something to me there's a 50 percent chance i'm gonna hate it um <laughs> uh, but he recommended fried berry and yep i hated it it stars gary green and chanel de Yager. The plot, Barry is a drug-addled, abusive bastard who, after yet another bender, is abducted by aliens. Barry takes a back seat as an alien visitor assumes control of his body and takes it for a joyride through Cape Town. What follows is an onslaught of drugs, sex, and violence as our alien tourist enters the weird and wonderful world of humankind. Friedberry is based upon the short film of the same name, which earned... 57 official selections, and 12 wins at festivals around the world. What? Maybe I need to see the short film, because I did not like this movie at all. Mm. I felt it was all style with no substance. From a visual standpoint, it was interesting, but I could not stand the main character, and it just ruined the entire film for me. Um, So, yeah, I did not enjoy this at all. Spencer, I think you hated this film too. Did I see this
0: movie? Yes, you did.
1: Oh my God. (laughs) I feel like this is something
0: you would remember. It sounds like this plot. He
1: remembers and he did not like it.
0: Well, thank you for watching that so I don't have to. I literally haven't even heard of that movie.
1: I never heard of it either until my friend was like, you have to watch this. I loved it. And I was like, okay, (laughs) what did you like about it? I just, I don't know. I was I was, like, bored. I just...
3: Oh, yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe if I watch it again now, knowing what the plot was supposed to be, maybe I would enjoy it. But, man, I couldn't. Mm. I couldn't. Yeah, it was It was something.
0: You shouldn't really have to know... You shouldn't have to do homework and prepare, like you're preparing for a test to watch a movie. Like No, I think the <laughs>
1: short film might be interesting. I don't mm. think it needed to be...
0: What is it, like...
3: To stretch it out to a feature-length movie, yeah. hour thirty-nine minutes. Oh, yeah, that was m- too much.
1: Way too much. All right, Mindy, what what else do you hate?
0: I hated Stay Out of the Fucking Attic. I hated it. <laughs> uh, Started. It stars. Started. Pfft. It stars Ryan Francis, uh, Morgan Alexandria, and Bryce Frunellus. 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 Apologies. Uh the plot is about it's a group of ex-cons turned movers who are convinced by their creepy client to pull an all-nighter as the night progresses they uncover horrors that exist inside his old victorian mansion um straight up spoiler warning here so it skip ahead i guess if you don't want to hear this okay now that the rest of you are listening Stay out of the fucking attic because there's a big fucking scary Nazi up there. Like, actually, Joseph Mengele up in the fucking attic uh, and big Nazi demon things. I'm not even kidding. In the end, I thought this movie was just silly over the top and at times actually kind of boring. So really stay the fuck out.
1: <laughs> yeah, I um I thought this movie was meh. It had potential, but yeah, I just. I, I agree, it wasn't that great. Uh, I don't I did not hate it as much as you, but yeah, it wasn't wasn't really that great.
0: Um speaking of not great I was gonna say <laughs> you literally told me not to watch this.
1: Yeah, my my final movie on the worst horror movies of twenty twenty one is a film I was actually kind of excited for because it stars Lynn Shea and Tobin Bell. Um, but in reality they actually only have like kind of small roles in the film. It's called The Call. Uh, The plot in the fall of 1987, a group of small town friends must survive the night in the home of a sinister couple after a tragic accident brings them to the couple's door. This was extremely boring. Did not care about any of the characters. No tension, no scares, no point to the film. I literally could not wait for this film to end. Skip it.
0: (laughs) Just skip it. Damn. All right, then. Um, kind of along a long similar note, maybe. Uh, I wanted to add a special what in the actual fuck mention, and that one goes out to James Wan for his film Malignant, starring Annabelle Wallace. Uh, we briefly have talked about this film previously, uh, but its level of insanity is. Unspeakable. So I had to mention that, like this, this movie. The entire time I was going, "What the fuck? What the fuck?"
3: But if you want to hear people speak about it, go listen to the podcast. How did this get made?
0: Oh, really?
1: That's awesome. They did a, they did a fantastic and hilarious episode on it. I didn't hate the film. I definitely was like, "What the fuck?" But um, I didn't hate it. I thought it was way too long. Um, I kind of liked how bananas it was just after I accepted like this is not a typical horror film this is not a typical James Wan film this is not going to be like The Conjuring or Insidious I'm just gonna you know go along for the ride um yeah, once once you realize that, you can kind of enjoy it. I kind of want to rewatch it with Spencer because he hasn't seen
0: it.
3: Yeah, after hearing them talk about it on How Did This Get Made, I, I can't, I'm kind of more interested now.
0: I think that's yeah. exactly it, Sharon. I was going, I went into it going, this is James Wan, this is going to be scary, and then I was like, <laughs> wait, really? <laughs> so that's a good point. I should change my perspective and maybe rewatch it.
1: Well, I think that's it for this episode Um, but before we go we want to give a shout out to past guests that we've had on this show Uh, we also want to give a shout out to our patrons Um, I just want to thank you know Carrie Weeder, who's been on the show multiple times and who wrote our Tidbits of Terror theme song Yeah, you are awesome and hilarious and talented and we love you and
0: And you're an honorary whore remember that (laughs)
1: <laughs> um, also, Dave McRae, who's been so, so supportive of us. Um, he's been on our show three times. We've been on his show uh, on YouTube before.
0: Um, he's the rando he's- guy that co-directed and co-wrote It's Me, Billy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we even said, I think that like, regardless of what's happening with us personally, like, when the next Halloween movie comes out, we will probably... Uh, you know reunite with Dave to discuss because how could we not
1: exactly Mindy who else we want to thank
0: Karen O'Leary uh that was amazing talking to you long distance thank you for making the time for us I still like I look at a picture of her in character from uh parent uh Wellington Paranormal or Welly Para as they call it and as Sharon calls it and I literally just like laugh At still photos of her in character. I think she's so funny. That was so awesome. Of course, Emily Winter. Her book is amazing and fun. And I read the whole thing already. And it's so good. One Day Smarter. Pick it up. Sharon, who else?
1: And she also has an awesome podcast called Comedians with Ghost Stories. So you're not going to be able to listen to our podcast anymore. Go listen to hers because it's awesome.
0: It's really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who else, Sharon?
1: Speaking of amazing podcasts, hey. uh, we want to thank Allison from the "Who's There" a podcast about horror fans. Um, I love her podcast uh, every week. I always get uh, a bunch of new movies to add to my list, <laughs> um, and yeah, I you know check out her podcast. You can listen to that wherever you can stream podcasts. Um, Uh, We also want to thank Colin Parker, uh, who's been on our show a couple of times and has played trivia with us. Um, Our friend Amanda Goodyear, who has a horror movie coming out
0: soon-ish, we hope. Um, Still waiting to hear details on that. Speaking of Amanda Goodyear, she at one point co-starred with another guest of ours, Douglas Spain, who was lovely to talk to and is the kindest and like kept getting in touch with us and kind of turned us on to some other guests that we had on that we'll talk about in a bit and see his movies he's awesome just thank you douglas you rule uh jelena who was our first guest on indigo children i didn't even know what indigo child was and thank you jelena for telling us um also, want to thank our good friend Joe Schmidt for uh, talking Twin Peaks sound with us. That was a fun episode. I love talking sound with somebody who's a musician who knows a lot about that stuff. So it was that was a lot of fun, and Joe's a lot of fun. Sharon, who else?
1: Yeah, specifically, he talked about the sound design in Twin Peaks and thank David Lynch you. films in in general. Thank you for um, clarifying
0: for me, Sharon. That was <laughs> helpful.
1: And also to to clarify. Uh, Jelena was our first guest ever on the show, and we discussed the topic of indigo children. Um, And then uh, Tatiana, who, God, she was on our show three or four times. At
0: least, yeah. Uh, And That was in person back when we could do that.
1: Yeah, right. Um, She read our tarot cards for us. She has a bunch of amazing ghost stories. Um, And the first time she was on, she was on with her mom, Adriana, who also has her own amazing ghost stories and then her Uncle Mike was on, who was a, a paranormal investigator at one point in his life. Uh, he has a really fascinating uh, life and a, a bunch of amazing stories. So, yeah, between Tatiana and her family, I think there's like five or six episodes total with them.
0: Oh <laughs> um, actually.
1: And then the wonderful writer Courtney Stallings, mm. who we had on her, our show to talk about her book, Laura's Ghost. Um, that was an incredible
0: episode. Uh, this chick, Katie Rich, who uh, <laughs> my, she's my old roommate, but she's also a writer and performer in the world of comedy. Um, and she made Sharon laugh so hard, I think that Sharon might have literally Peter Pants during that, that episode. That
1: never happened to me before. <laughs> Ever. (laughs) But it was
0: really funny because I could Sharon like could not breathe for moments during that episode, which I love watching Sharon get cracked up like that.
1: Yes, it was really funny. And also Katie has a new Netflix series called Chicago Party Ant, which um I have not watched yet, but we need to check that out. I've been Yeah. Catching up on a lot of other stuff, but um, that is going to be next up on our list pretty soon. Yes,
0: for sure. Um,
1: and as Mindy said earlier, Douglas Spain he connected us to our next guests, um, Yelena De Leon and Luis Garza, the writer and director of the film Murder in the Woods. Um, they were fantastic to talk to. And then also Audra and Nancy, a team of female paranormal investigators that we had on our show. And then finally, I want to thank my sister-in-law, Jessica. My sister. Spencer's sister, my sister-in-law, who is not a horror movie fan. And she did our first horrific experiment with us. And I still don't know if she's forgiven me for me making her watch the Texas Chainsaw Massacre.
0: <laughs> she was a good sport, for sure. She really, for not being a horror fan, she really, she, good job, Jessica. We're still proud of you. Uh, and then- uh, Actually,
3: before and then, um, I have a little bit of a surprise for you guys. Uh-oh. What? Yeah, so um, I just reached out to some of your guests and uh, we got some audio files <gasps> from a handful of them what? to play for you. So oh, I'm Spencer. gonna do that now.
1: Where's my Kleenex?
3: Yeah, you may want some Kleenex, <laughs> Oh,
1: jeez.
3: No, you won't need Kleenex. Spencer,
1: you're the best. Okay. Right, I'm ready. I'm ready. I was all not right. expecting this at all.
3: I'm just going to play these in order. Um, I'm and, already crying. Uh, <laughs> all right, here you go.
4: Oh, my God.
1: Sharon and Mindy, you fucking whores. <laughs> you guys are so great. I had so much fun being on your show. I'm so happy you allowed me to... To expose myself to such horrific movies <laughs> for the sake of good podcasts. You guys are so funny and so fun to listen to. And I'm especially lucky because I get to see you and know you outside of your podcast life. But thank you for spending so much time and energy and love putting together such an incredible show for the rest of us, always, every week. I love you both.
0: Mwah! Oh, I know.
3: Uh, the next one is, uh, so he. this was not a guest of your show, but um, you have been uh, a guest on his show, uh, How Did This Not Get Made? Daniel Kaka, he sent
4: an audio clip. Aww. Hello, this is Daniel Kaka from the podcast, How Did This Not Get Made? I just want to say congratulations. Your show is a blast to listen to, and it's great to know that I'm not the only one that enjoys cheesy, terrible <laughs> 80s slasher films. <laughs> I would also like to thank you for being a guest on my show as we discuss Ed Wood's I Woke Up Early the Day I Died and George Romero's The Diamond Dead. It's always great to have a fellow horror enthusiast on the show. It'll be sad to see you end your show, but I look forward to whatever projects or podcasts you have planned in the future. Anyways, congratulations again, and thanks for keeping things creepy. <laughs>
1: Aww.
4: The third
3: one is from the one and only Carrie Weeder.
1: <laughs> Hello, whores. <laughs> It's Carrie Weeder, Mindy and Sharon. I wanted to leave you a message to wish you the best of luck on all of your next adventures. And I wanted to thank you for having me on your show so many times. I want to thank you for scaring the crap out of me with your horrific challenge. I want to thank you for making me an honorary whore. One of the greatest achievements of my life, by the way. <laughs> and I wanted to thank you for saying that
2: I won all those awards that I never actually won. Anyway, in honor of... Your farewell for now. And uh, to remind you that this doesn't have to be
1: farewell forever, I wrote a little heartfelt ditty, and it goes a little something
0: like this. (gasps)
4: Goodbye, whores. You leave us wanting more. Goodbye, whores. Please don't lock the door. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.
2: (laughs) Amazing. Oh,
3: man. Oh. Uh, okay, next is from Courtney.
2: In the TV show
3: Twin Peaks,
2: Dale Cooper says, every day, once a day, give yourself a present. And I will tell you, whores talk horror is a present. You can certainly give yourself. Uh, and I am just really grateful uh, to have been a participant on the podcast uh, with Sharon and Mindy. Uh, you both will be missed. It was wonderful um, to talk about Laura's Ghost. Women speak about Twin Peaks, with two women who um, have a voice in the horror community and have a wonderful voice talking about horror, which is a high art form. I don't care what anybody else says; uh, it's the highest and best art form out there. And you know, my book Laura's Ghost was about um, you know elevating the voices of women and celebrating that. And of course, um, acknowledging survivors and uh, Sharon and Mindy, just we had a wonderful conversation about what it's like to to be a woman in the world. at Twin Peaks, David Lynch, thank you for your service to the horror community and also the Twin Peaks community. You provided a lot of fodder for great conversations, and again, humor too. You know, it was your your podcast is entertaining. Um, it's just wonderful to have you know these these voices of women out there and. I know you're gonna go on to do bigger and better things and um, you're always gonna have your your voices and your hands and creative work. I wish you the best and thank you so much for everything. I bid you adieu until next time. All the best.
4: Uh, next we have Dave McCrae Oh boy. <laughs> Hey, Sharon and Mindy. It is Dave McRae here. I just wanted to say that uh, I've heard the news that uh, Whores Talk Horror is uh, sort of taken a step back for a little bit. Hopefully, this isn't the end, and you guys will pop up with an episode every now and then, because I have to admit, I do enjoy listening to you, and maybe it's completely selfish. But anyway, um, (laughs) I think you guys are awesome, and I just wanted to say that I completely understand if you need to take a step back and sort of rearrange a few things. Um, It's an exciting time, and I wish you both the best of luck in whatever you do and of course you know we're friends now you know whether you like it or not so uh we'll be in touch no matter what but having said that yeah i just wanted to say that i've enjoyed listening to you i've enjoyed being on the show the few times that i have it is always fun to talk to two people two women especially who are savvy and intelligent film gals so uh i really appreciate you guys having me on and hopefully we'll talk soon and of course to you too as well spencer you're awesome as well (laughs) all right
3: I'll talk to you guys soon. Cheers. Uh, and then finally, we have the one and only Emily Winter.
1: <gasps> I love you, Sharon and Mindy. <laughs> this is Emily Winter from Comedians
0: with Ghost Stories. And I can't believe I actually made friends off my podcast. That is the best reward I could have ever hoped for. I hope you guys pick the podcast up. I love
4: bits of terror. terror <laughs> ra- ra- ra.
0: <laughs> um,
1: it's so good. And I just love uh, that all the things that I've learned from you guys
0: uh, and you're just wonderful people and the best. And I'm sad, but I'm happy for you. And I hope that, yeah, pick it back up. Why not? When you're done with this project, it'll be great. Nothing, never, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Okay, bye. (laughs) Oh,
1: okay. Wow. Okay, first of all, Spencer, I have to thank you. For doing that, that totally surprised me. Yeah, <laughs> I, good. I was not expecting anything like that at all. Um, and me neither. Oh my god, thank you, Jessica. Um, I'm so glad that for not being a horror person, you have come to. Uh, kind of embrace the genre and you listen to our show and... Thank you to Daniel, and thanks for listening to our show and supporting us, and thanks for having us on your show. Go check out How Did This Not Get Made, <laughs> um, because their show is also awesome and fun, and Spencer and I are going to be on an upcoming episode at the end of this month uh, talking about the George Romero film The Diamond Dead that did not get made. Uh, thank you so much to Carrie and... Um, you wrote another song? What? <laughs>
0: Dude, I love it. Thank you. I literally, again, listened to that with my jaw, like, on the ground, because I was like, you just know us. <laughs> um, you're awesome,
1: and uh, Spencer and I will actually be in L.A. next year, uh, the Hopefully. first quarter of the year. Hopefully, we're supposed to be um, to be doing some work on the 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 project the film that we're both going to be working on now so it would be absolutely wonderful to get to meet you in person courtney uh thank you so much and those were such lovely words and i i appreciate it and um you have now become involved in a way in the project that Spencer and I are, are working on. And um, I cannot wait to read the the article that you are going to write about the interview that you did with um, Paul and Holly that we are working on the film with. Um, and yeah, hopefully maybe when we're in California next year, maybe we can meet up as well in person. That would be amazing Dave, <laughs> we love you too. And yes, we are friends now. Um, and that is awesome. And I, I think uh, me and Mindy and Spencer are going to have to plan a trip out to Toronto and and hang out and talk some more horror and get a, a beer or a uh, chocolate milk with you. <laughs>
0: Actually, what we mean is Toronto.
1: Tirana, <laughs> yeah sorry my apologies and
0: Dave you better fucking believe we're gonna get back in touch with you you are we are friends now so you're stuck with us sorry
1: and then finally Emily um y- I love your podcast so much and I love your book and uh can't wait to see your horror screenplay that you <sighs> wrote with your husband actually get made into a film one day um and I'm sorry that we weren't able to meet up when Spencer and I were in Brooklyn last month, but we're going to be in New York in January. So we will see you then, hopefully, and and get a drink. Um, So thank all of you for, for taking the time out of your busy, busy schedules to just send us Uh, A quick little message. It means the world to us. You have no idea. And I'll let Mindy thank you guys now.
0: (laughs) Well, I'm not going to go through the whole list because Sherry kind of did that. But I I basically, I I second all of her comments. um, And we just didn't see this coming. And and thank you all for your lovely, kind words, and we, this is not goodbye forever. But i also like to thank Spencer because um, being an editor and a producer is not easy. At least I don't think it is. I hate sound work, and I hate editing sound. And Spencer makes us sound like we actually know what we're talking about and have a brain and, and are articulate. And um, we really couldn't do this without him. And he's, on top of that, so thoughtful that he thought to reach out to all these wonderful people who recorded these beautiful, beautiful messages for us, so thank you, Spencer, for all of you all, all of what you've put up with during this process <laughs> and um what you continue to do and uh, yeah, just thank you for that
3: well, you're welcome. It was a rare moment of inspiration
1: <laughs> it was amazing you've had you've had lots of moments of inspiration on this show from from your amazing intros to trivia to Just, you know, everything you do, it's been a pleasure working with my two best friends on this podcast for two and a half years. And also, we just want to give a quick shout out to our patrons as well. Thank you, Lala, for being our first ever patron. We love you. And also, Cody. And also, when we're in L.A., there's a million people we need to try and connect with when we're in L.A. next year. But hopefully we can meet up. Maybe we'll just do, like, an open house at a bar. Like, everyone show up. (laughs) We'll be here drinking from 5 to
4: 10.
0: (laughs) You know, I should coordinate with you guys because I I want to. I'm hopefully going to L.A. myself for 2022 to, to see a friend. So maybe we should coordinate and then go together and then we can just meet everybody all at once. Right? Um also Cody, my uh holiday little ornament thingy is hanging on my front door as I speak. So thank you for that. Um thank you also to our patrons jim You know who you are, buddy. Thank you for being so supportive and uh just yeah, we will still do trivia that's still going to happen just we'll have to put a pin in that for now. Thank you, Janine. And thank you for saying that you enjoy found footage films as much as I do. Um, If you hear of any, we still have our email address. If you find any new ones, shoot me a message at our Gmail address, please.
1: (laughs) Thank you to Kevin. Uh, You've also been a a big supporter of our show um, on on YouTube and and have watched us on Dave's show, and you send us such lovely, lovely messages on on Patreon, and we hope you're doing good and feeling better. And uh, please keep writing us. Um, we still want to hear from you. Also, Allison, I will be seeing you next month for dinner. Aw. looking forward to that.
0: Um, I'm getting major so- FOMO right now. <laughs> I want to have dinner with I want to have dinner with Allison too. We'll make this will it be happen. our
1: second dinner with Allison actually so um, yeah thank you so much for all your support and, and shout outs on uh, on your Twitter and your Instagram account
0: and last but certainly not least thank you to Jason uh, we've had a blast being on your show and and talking with you and, and doing a little Friday the 13th Jason action for your Friday the 13th special that was super fun um, but we I feel like we keep saying this, but it's totally true. We just so appreciate all of the support and the kind words and it 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 means more than I can articulate. <laughs> Thank you does not seem appropriate.
1: And check out Jason's uh YouTube show, The J Man Movie Cave. J Man. And he he took our uh streaming v cards (laughs) (laughs) our first ever uh live youtube streaming live chat we did on his show so thank you for that um (laughs) (laughs) i guess is that a weird thank you for that um you got perfectly appropriate yeah (laughs) and also we would still love to come on your show uh when we have more time and discuss Black Christmas. I know we were we were talking about doing that, and unfortunately, we just got too busy um, and weren't able to do that this December, um, but maybe next year.
0: Yeah, we're always down. I know I'm always down to talk about Black Christmas, like, even in August, so whenever.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so once again, thank you all for listening to us over these two and a half years. I mean, yeah, no words can really express our gratitude and just our, just how much we love you guys and uh, for all the support and kind words and everything. And and please, you know, reach out to us through email, mm-hmm. horror at gmail.com if you want to send us a message or just say hi. Um, it'd be great to hear from you still. Um, also, I will still be on Instagram mostly. Um, so horror for now on Instagram. I might change the name later, um, you know, since we're not really doing the podcast anymore.
0: Uh, but yeah, thank you all. And Mindy, any any last words? I, like I said, thank you doesn't really seem appropriate even, but that that's kind of what we have language wise. So thank you, everyone. Um, and as we've also said many times on this show, horror fans, despite the genre being so violent and scary and gruesome a lot of times horror fans are kind of the best and you guys have all been kind of the best not kind of actually the best it's been really really fun having you know these conversations both online and you know having you some of you come on our show or write to us or whatever and it's the horror community is awesome so it's true yeah thank you guys and we this isn't goodbye it's just kind of a Let's go on hold for a second and take a breath. So we're still around. Please get in touch with us. We'd love to hear from you all still.
3: We'll see you in 25 years.
0: There you go. <laughs> there you go. All right. I
1: think Spencer should join us for the last thanks for getting creepy with us. I think uh, he should.
3: What?
1: <laughs> I
3: You'll know. allow me?
1: I know. I know. I think you, he should is, do it. This has been your dream for the last two and a half years. <laughs>
3: Ever since I was a little baby. All right.
0: <laughs> all right. We love you all. We do. And as always, stay safe out there. Get fucking vaccinated, people. For real. I
3: got boosted today.
0: Woo! Woo! Good job, Spencer.
1: And as always, thanks,
3: thanks for getting, getting
1: creepy, creepy with us. us. woo You did it right. Good job.
3: <laughs> thanks. <laughs> Sharon, you want a beer?
1: Oh. That's the worst. Fake burp ever. Nah. All right, we're out. We, we out, out? people. Sharon, do you want a beer?
3: Oh my god.